today I want to talk to you a little bit about this idea that we have here at Christmas. And I want you to, I want you to look at a picture. Have you ever been down a, a country road when it's snowing? Man, I, I tell you, there's just, isn't there something just kind of majestic and maybe even a little bit mystical about uh, snow and the woods and, and the winter and, and all of that? And it's, it's just really peaceful. Unless you're having a baby. You know, Michelle and I have been through that twice. You know, uh, we've obviously been in the hospital as she's given birth to our sons. And, you know, when you, when you give birth, there's, there's order and there's, there's, there's all of these appointments and wellness visits and staging and leading up to and the ultrasounds and all of this nutrition. And there's all of this order and preparation that goes into a, a woman having a baby. And I thought this week... I just pictured in my mind as I was thinking through the Christmas narrative how Mary and Joseph must have thought in their mind, this is not the way it's supposed to be. I mean, I I don't know if I'm Joseph, I'm going, I, I don't know what I thought it would be like, but it wasn't like this, like in a barn. And nobody letting us in. We didn't see homes for miles. We're knocking on doors of strangers trying to find a place to get in out of the weather. Uh, it, can you imagine how scared they must have been? I mean, really. Imagine how um, exposed they, they must have. It wasn't, how is this going to turn out, you know? Um, but but the, the, the truth of the matter is, when you look at the, the, the scriptures, if there's one thing about God... What doesn't make sense to us oftentimes makes a lot of sense to him. You you know, in fact, I would go so far as to say to you, you're going to set yourself up for spiritual frustration throughout the course of your Christian journey if you attach your definitions of normal onto what God calls normal. God lives in the supernatural. We live in the natural. Uh, even the way God speaks to people through dreams and visions and, and prophecies, uh, God just doesn't, what's normal to him often isn't normal to us at all. And what Mary and Joseph were, were going through wasn't normal to them. It wasn't how they saw it going down, but it, it, it was normal to God. In, in Galatians 4, this, is, this, this verse always makes me think about that cold night. Galatians 4 reads, it reads this way. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth his spirit into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Now, go back to that. But when the fullness of time came, meaning it means literally at just the right moment, at just the right point in, in history, God sent forth his son. And it didn't seem on that night, I'm sure to Mary and Joseph, it didn't seem the way it was supposed to be. I think the Jews certainly didn't think that was the way it was supposed to be. There's a lot of ways that it didn't, it didn't really make sense. But Christmas, I, I want you to look at Christmas in a little bit different light for just a second. I don't want to talk about what Christmas is, like what we do in the traditions and 
all of those things. I want to talk with you for a minute about what Christmas did. Christmas is, is an igniter. I, I, it made me think of when, uh, when, when I was a kid and you would, you know, you would light, uh, you would light these, uh, these bottle rockets and stuff. And me and my cousins, Jeff and Chad and, and others, we would get together and we'd light bottle rockets and then you'd, you'd light that fuse and you'd back up or, you know, it was always that moment, that climactic moment or something's about to happen and, and then you, you backed up and watched something go down. Christmas was an, an, an igniter. Christmas did something. And, and I think this verse talks about what, what that night launched, what it ignited. And, and the first, when you look at Galatians 4, what you see that Christmas, it, it, it ignited a path to redemption. When, when you see what Paul said, he said, in the fullness of time can God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, that he might redeem those who were under the law. If you, if you go back and look at what God was doing, now we're, we're, we're going back, we're making major leaps here, but if you go back and look over the thousands of years leading up to Jesus, God promised that he was gonna build a family for himself. He was gonna build a people, and he did it through a man named Abraham. And as Abraham grew the, the, the family and the people, the covenant people of God, along after that came Moses, and Moses brought in the law of God. And the law, the law was meant to be more like of a map. It, it, it was meant to be a map to show people to expose sin. It wasn't meant to do what the devil did with it. What, 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 what God intended for a map, the devil used as a trap. Uh, it, it, it was, he took, the, the, you know, the Jews got confused and, and the, 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 the pagans and, the, and all these different religious entities kind of melded and they had all these religious laws and, and, and heavy weights and they had 10 commandments and they made 600 and something extra additives on top of that. It was oppressive and burdened down and, and it was just, the, the, the law that Moses issued forth was just meant to show people a, a morality of sorts that would, that would expose to them that they were always going to need a blood covering. They were always going to need that something was going to need to drive them to show, hey, you could never fulfill this. Paul kind of explains that in some of his letters. You could never fulfill this law. It was meant to be a map to show you how much you were going to need redemption. And then Christ came and, and he fulfilled it all. He put the cap on it and, and he made access to God possible. So, so what Christmas did that night in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. And in the time of history, what that means is that in God's sovereignty, when nothing else seemed to make sense, oh, it made total sense to God. This is exactly the way that he was going to do it. And he, and he provided and he provided a path to redemption uh, the the entire time. That that word redeem, when you see there in in verse five, so that he might redeem those who were under the law. That that word really means uh, a buyout. It, it means it means that that there was somebody that bought you out, not merged. Okay, uh, that that you were. It was often used in slavery terms. In, in that that you you had a debt, or you were in a position that you couldn't get out, 
couldn't get out of. You, you didn't have the strength or the muscle financially or any other way to get yourself out. Somebody had to buy you out. And so, so Christmas ignited that path to redemption. But, but it doesn't just stop there. In Galatians 4, it says in Galatians 5, that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. I think Christmas ignited a path to, to adoption. Now, when he talks about sons, he means sonship. He doesn't mean masculinity. He, he means the idea of being in a family. That, that's kind of what he's getting at there. And, and so God sends his son so that you would have adoption to get into a family. And really kind of what it was, it was more of a, a status thing. If you look at verse Verse 5, he says, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive adoption, what, as sons. So, so God, God instituted through Christmas this idea of his son coming to the earth. It, it kicked off a domino effect of, of redemption and then later adoption that if Jesus had not been the son of God, then you couldn't have been allowed into the family. Think about how many times Jesus made references like, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you believe in me, then you believe in the one who sent me. He was constantly referring back that he and the Father were one. So, so God was pleased to make all of himself show up in the form of Jesus. And, and because of that, him being a son and him having the full rights of sonship gave you and me the ability to take on the family name. I love in the Gospel of John uh, how the Gospel starts in John 1. I just, I, I read it all the time uh, over the years. And, and, and he said, um, in, 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 in John chapter 1, it says that he came to his own and his own didn't receive him. But to those that did receive him, to those that believed, he gave the right to be the sons and the, da the daughters of God. Not born of a woman or a man's will, but born of the Spirit. Born, reborn. It means that we might all be God's creation, but we're not all God's children. We're not. It's not true. It sounds great. It sounds Southern. But we're not all God's children. We're, we are all God's creation. But you have to accept Christ and fall underneath the, the, the need for redemption and to be grafted into adoption. And that's what, that's what Christmas did. But, but Paul doesn't stop. There's one, one other thing, one more thing. Look at, look at what it says in, in verse 6. And so because you, there's, a, there's a, a kind of a rollout, like almost an equation, 1 plus 1 plus 1 equals 3. In verse 6, because you are sons, because you're in the family, God sent forth his spirit, the spirit of his son, into our hearts. Isn't that, isn't that wild? You know, at Clearview, we talk about the soul all the time. Uh, we talk about your, your soul being your mind, your heart, your will, your emotions, and that your soul is personal to you. And, and, uh, and it's interesting that Paul says that God sent his spirit, that the spirit of Christ comes into us. It, it changes who we are. And so as a result of that, Christmas not only had a, a, a kicked off and ignited a, a path to, to redemption and a path to adoption, but it, it also brought in an experience of security. And, and you say, Jason, what do you, what do you mean by an experience of security? Well, the, the, the thing about the baby is um, in that manger, you know, the, the, baby, the baby wasn't a theory, right? The baby wasn't an idea. It wasn't metaphoric. The baby was a person. He cried, 
Uh, he, he smiled. Over time, he walked. You could touch him. He had hair. You know, um, it, it was real. And, and Jesus, Jesus was real. And, and so when you look at what God did through Christ, and, and, and especially in sending his spirit, that's why the Holy Spirit, you know, I talk about the Holy Spirit a lot. Why? Well, because it's the only part of the Trinity on the earth. And, and the Holy Spirit is inside me. And if you're a believer, the Holy Spirit's inside you. And I want to know what the Holy Spirit does because I want to know how to walk in the ways of God and to communicate with God and know how to act and live and, and believe and what to think and how to feel and how to interpret uh, every day of my life. Jesus didn't come just so that you could axiomatically be, you know, right with God. Yeah, it's true, but... But God was experienced. I promise you, the people that came to see Jesus that night, they experienced God in the flesh. When he, when he walked along the streets of Jerusalem, they experienced a Messiah. When he went to a cross, they experienced what God had planned all along. I mean, it didn't make sense. When he went to the grave and he rose out of that grave, they experienced God. And when, they, when he sent the Holy Spirit... We experienced God, and that experience is a form of security, actually. And, and, I, and I'll tell you why I say it that way. Because in Romans 8, Paul, Paul says it this way. He says, and, and uh, I've I got to turn to it, or I'm not going to quote it just right. In Romans 8, it says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. That spirit testifies. That, that, the indwelling spirit in my soul, based on Galatians 4, 6, tells me and confirms with me that I actually am a child of God. And that's how you know that you are in Christ. That, that the spirit of Christ has done something. There's an indwelling part of you that's done something that that, that you couldn't work up, manufacture, read more about, just get smart, more theology, uh, better doctrine, which is great, uh, more church attendance, which is wonderful. Uh, none of that testifies inside that you have eternal security. Only the Spirit of God can do that for you. And that's what Christmas ignited. It ignited redemption, adoption, and security. Now, now why in the world does this matter? I, I'll tell you why it matters. It matters because I think the way that we do Christmas in our culture, it, it tends to overshadow um, the event. It tends to overshadow the man. We have our traditions, we have our recipes, and your family has them. They've been passed down for decades, maybe centuries, who knows how long. You, you've got all these things you do, and they're all good. But Christmas is not a date on a calendar. It, it's not. It, Christmas was an ignition that, that at just the right time, God sent his son to launch into the course of human history access to the family. And 
And you can, you can have that access if you want it. And his spirit will testify if you have it. I don't know where you're watching this from. And I, I, I don't know how you're hearing this or watching me or, or knowing about this whole idea of, of what Christmas did. But I do want to tell you this. If, if you do not have that inner testimony, that inner witness of the Holy Spirit, and you're not sure about that, well, Christmas is meant to drive you home to a Savior that came, walked, lived, breathed, died, and rose again, and then sent his Spirit into this world. And you can receive that to have access to the family of God. And if you'll text on this screen, you'll text this number, and you'll text Jesus to this number. One of our pastors will get in touch with you. That is the greatest Christmas gift you're ever going to get, friend. There's no thing that this world can give you that's going to be anywhere close to what Christ gave you when he gave you himself. So my hope and prayer for you this Christmas is that, that honestly— Maybe you're driving down the road going to see your grandparents or an aunt or an uncle or maybe you're going to catch up with friends and a song comes on the radio and do you hear what I hear or, you know, oh, holy night or, or something. I, I hope that somewhere between now and Christmas Day that, that you'll go back in your mind and you'll realize that it's not a party and it's not a gift, it's not a calendar date, it's a man who gave his life so that you can have life. You know, you often don't think about sharing something with somebody like a tweet or an email or sending them a sermon or sending them a podcast. You don't often think of that as missions, but it is. It's not that you have to send it to the whole world or post every single thing we do at Clearview on your feed. But if, if you've heard a sermon or if you've listened to a podcast, think through your life. I mean, God, who needs to hear this? Sometimes it, it, it doesn't need to go on your Facebook page. Sometimes it needs to go on your Twitter. But sometimes just a simple text to one person can make all the difference in the world to sending them the Word of God in real time. Share it. You'd be surprised how far it goes.